Dan Mack is back, and this year she has sought out the best customer-centric thought leaders from around the world. Are you after practical, accessible, and customer-centric marketing? You're in the right place. Sit back and enjoy Dan's small business podcast. For more information, go to www.daniellemckinnis.com or visit www.mckinnismarketing.com.au. Well, welcome back, everybody, and I'm really excited today to do an interview with Paul Reisner from the company PR2020 and about his latest book called The Marketing Performance Blueprint. It's a really great resource for marketers that are interested in understanding the art and science of marketing, and he puts a really nice framework around this so that we can build better marketing practices. So I start the interview by asking him a little bit about um, that, that strategy, the, um, the tactics and the skill set around marketing. Thanks again for being part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I've been doing, a, I don't know, I've been doing a lot of um, reading over our summer and um, lucky enough to come across your book. and. I guess the key question that sort of resonated in the back of my mind, maybe it's because I've got two or three books that are in this sort of field, or maybe it's just really topical at the moment, is this, you know, talent tech strategy thing that that sort of becomes the theme of your book. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, why you had this as the as the undercurrent? What was the reasoning? Yeah, I mean, it, it basically started with looking at the performance gap. So after the first book came out in late 2011, early 2012, which was really focused on agency performance and op- more operational performance and like the building and management of agencies, mm-hmm. we started thinking more about just the corporate side of the story. Like, what does that blueprint look for corporate marketing? Mm-hmm. And study after study we looked at just talked about this performance gap that marketers largely are being called upon to deliver ROI um, at a higher level and that they're basically underprepared and underperforming. The majority are underprepared and underperforming. So, you know, you just start looking at, well, what are the systematic reasons why marketers may struggle? And so you look at the technology and how rapidly marketing technology is changing. And if we look at Scott Brinker's marketing technology landscape, where he takes a look at the different companies across 43 areas. There was 940-some last year, and this year he just released it, and there's almost 1,900 or 2,000 of them. So in a year's time, the number of marketing technology solutions that we have to choose from as marketers has doubled. So just it, it immediately you look at that and say, well, it takes a totally different type of marketer, and, and marketers are now being asked to be more tech-savvy, they have to be more analytical because there's data everywhere. Consumers are changing so quickly. They're becoming predominantly mobile. So, therefore, the way that we reach them and influence them is changing. And so you just look at the talent and the tech um, and then the strategy as the reasons why we may be struggling to meet performance goals. And if you don't have the right talent, you don't have the right tech, you can't possibly build the right strategies. And so you're inevitably going to, to struggle or fail. So that was really the big concept. And then it just became a very logical way to break it down and to talk about those different gaps. 
And look, your book really helps because I think, you know, every marketer is sort of, you know, trying to get across all these different things in in short time because, you know, we're we're doing (laughs) what we're learning. So I really found it interesting, you know, looking through your book and sort of seeing, you know, the the marketers that might have come out of uni are going to have this performance gap unless they're sort of immersing themselves in the in the tech and the strategy to actually have that um, combination. And I was listening to one of your presentations where you talk about this one girl who, who bought who was working for a company and took herself out of that environment because she just didn't have the exposure to that skill set, which I thought was really, it's actually true. That's actually what we're facing. Yeah, that was uh, Anita Newton. She's at Ad Knowledge now, but I did love that story because mm. she actually wrote a blog post called Overcoming Extinction. <laughs> and I came across that post prior to starting the manuscript, I think, or right maybe in the midst of writing the manuscript. And so I reached out to her to, to follow up with it because it was. She was basically telling the story of a mid-30s corporate marketer who had reached what most of us would consider kind of a pinnacle in her career where she was already working on a major brand, managing multi-million dollar budgets, doing deals with major corporations. And she just kind of sat back and realized that she was becoming obsolete, that the skills she'd learned getting her MBA were, were basically not re- as relevant now as they were before because she didn't know the ins and outs of the technology. She wasn't uh, really versed on how to build and manage her own campaigns. She'd become reliant on a, you know, her internal team or a network of people. And she decided to leave that environment and go work in a startup environment where she could really force herself to learn and get immersed in technology. I thought it was just a great um, story that so many marketers can probably connect with. Mm. So let's dig a little deeper. What I really sort of liked in one section of, of the book seemed to me to sort of focus on the data and that being the glue that sort of holds all of these things together in terms of the strategy and the actual marketing execution and the IT. Mm. You know, can you talk a little bit about actually, first of all, um, what data we should be focusing on and actually building what you sort of have as this performance, um, uh, you know, dashboard, if you like? Yeah, I... Again, there's, it comes from so many different areas. So if you think about the different places where we get metrics from as marketers, you have your analytics tools, social media, you have your sales systems, CRM systems. Um, depending on the industry you're in, you probably have industry-specific data that comes in from reports and um, you know buy, customer uh, information, employee information. There's, there's just it's coming in from all these places, and so as marketers. One of the first things we have to do is be able to filter through that noise and figure out which are the metrics that actually matter to our success. And so if we try and simplify it down to, well, at the top of the phone, we've got to build our reach. We need more people to know who we are. Then from there, we need to generate leads. We need to take the people that already know about us and are interested in what we do. We need to turn them into leads. Then we need to convert them into sales. And then once we've sold to them, we need to retain and grow that customer base. So at a very high level, those are like the main four things that really is summar- summarizes everything we do in marketing. And then the metrics that you want to monitor just need to basically be indicators of are we succeeding at a high level at each of those areas. And so we can sit there and look at hundreds of metrics every day down to, you know, on your website, bounce rate and page views and time on site. And all of those things are good 
and they do educate us, but they're not the things that we need to know in a real-time environment to, to make and build intelligent strategies. And so the concept in the book is just like really focus on what are those like three to five primary KPIs that matter the most to your business's success. And then from there, identify the supporting metrics that tell you if the, if those big picture goals are up or down, like if they're missing your mark, you can look at the supporting metrics and try and figure out why. But don't, as a marketer, sit there and stare at 50 metrics every day and try and make sense of it. And you're not, you're not going to. We're not wired to process that much information. Yeah, and I think that you know, some of us are sitting in that overwhelm. And some of us are sitting in that space, well, you know, no one's going to fire me because I'm just doing output. Um, And some of us, and I think this is where I'm sitting, is, you know, there are some key metrics. But I think, too, you know, when you're consulting, particularly to small and medium businesses, some of that actual output of a marketer is actually just asking the right questions and building that infrastructure or the drivers or the setup so that you're in a better position to execute. And I think, um, you know, being able to explain that it's not always output and, you know, sometimes you just have to do the, the thinking and the fundamentals is, is sometimes a really difficult, um, challenging conversation to have with business owners that are used to just output. Yeah, there's, that's for sure. And you can just get lost in the numbers. I mean, you can just sit there all day analyzing information and at, at the end of the day, just need to take the information in and then and then do something. Like you know, don't get stuck in overanalyzing and overplanning. It, it, we're so much in a in a world today where it's just run a campaign, test it, monitor the performance, see what worked, what didn't, and then move on. Either adapt that program or move on to the next thing. And and so the the simpler the simpler you can make the data, the more easily you can visualize the things that are most important to you and then take action on those, that's really what it's all about. Right. So if there was a statement on your website, you know, where the art and science of marketing collide, and I'm guessing that the art part of it, or from what I can gather, is something around, you know, this customer-centric experiences and really trying to um, be creative around how, you know, you think about your customers and how you drive sort of, activities is that right or what are you referring to in terms of the art of it yeah i mean it's the way i look at it is marketing is largely an art form you know the history of marketing is about storytelling it's about creative it's about engaging and influencing people by capturing their attention and their imagination and that's the art form and that isn't gone Mm. but historically that's kind of where it stopped marketers have never really been about metrics they've you know if you think about the ad world which is really what marketing came up in it was largely an advertising driven world it was just about great creative and who won you know the awards for what they built and and it wasn't really tied to well how much sales did it drive and how many leads were created based on that campaign and so Mm -hmm. the art part is the creative and the artistic storytelling Mm -hmm. the science is we now have metrics for everything and we shouldn't be doing anything if we can't measure it and there's also technology that makes it so, such a more scientific process to figure out what campaigns to run, to analyze those campaigns, uh, to adapt and evolve them. So it's really that meshing of technology, taking the creative side, and, and finding a happy 
balance, I guess, between the two. Mm. Um, you, you can't really be just one or just the other. Mm. I think that's a really good explanation. So with these sort of marketing tools like marketing automation tools, um, now sort of we're being challenged to move from like that one to many to or, or one thing fits all or even doing a segment to try and get it down to that personalised touch point. How are your teams finding this and how, how when does it make sense? Like is it making sense now to go down to that um, I guess that person or individual approach or are you finding that it's still um, you know it really just depends on the on the budget and the resources? Yeah, I mean I think the technology is making it possible. Mm-hmm. So you know, up until a couple of years ago, we, we just weren't even there from a technology standpoint to we talk about that Amazonification of marketing, that mm. when you go to Amazon and you buy something, it knows what you've previously bought. It recommends what you should now buy based on that. Netflix is the same way in terms of viewing. It, it knows what you view and what you like, and it, it can predict what you should probably watch next and what you may enjoy based on your past behaviors. Mm. Well, marketing technology is now making that possible at a, a marketing level to where, you know, we know you've attended this event and downloaded this ebook and clicked on these two email links. And so you should, in theory, be interested in this ebook and this event and this webinar. And so the tech is there to do it. Now the challenge is for marketers to catch up to what the tech enables, mm-hmm. because to do that creates the strategy is just on a completely different level. And it's no longer a linear process of we have these three audiences we want to reach. Let's put this campaign in place. We'll write an ebook. We'll do a webinar and we'll send out three, three emails and we'll see what happens. Now you can make it so much more dynamic where it's like, okay, we'll promote this ebook. And if they click on the landing page, but they don't download it, we'll send them a retargeting ad. And then if they click on this email and, and from that email, they subscribe to our blog. It just, it's just this endless stream of possibilities of what you can do as a marketer. Mm-hmm. So I think where we're at is there's probably a lot of enterprises that have unlimited resources and, and people internally where they can solve for this stuff pretty quickly. I think the majority of this, the, the small and mid-sized business market are probably just getting familiar with the technology that makes it possible. So you're, you know, some people are out on the bleeding edge of this and others, the vast majority are probably still trying to understand exactly what technology has made possible. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's actually putting an operational plan in place to, to do something with that technology. Yeah. And so does it, what, um, I'm assuming what comes first then is still that thinking part of it around, you know, how much do we know about our customers and, you know, what is our value proposition and then go into, um, you know, the strategic plan of what we're going to execute and then use this performance metrics to actually say, well, you know, we're going to measure this. Is that the normal process that... Yeah, I think some people probably shortcut it and they they shouldn't. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't devalue the importance of knowing what your company stands for, knowing what makes it unique in your customers' minds, understanding your value proposition, um, you know, differentiating yourself from the competition. All those things are still extremely important. Mm -hmm. I think we just have analytics and technology that makes it maybe easier for us to figure some of that stuff out. And we live in a social world where before you'd probably have to do um, 
extensive surveys to figure out what does the public think of your brand. And now you can just look at the Twitter stream or the Facebook page or <laughs> peer review sites. It's that information is readily available. And so that's probably what's changed more than anything is it's, it's easier to find out what people are thinking about your brand or if they're not talking about your brand at all, it's, um, you know, the silence is deafening, I guess. And in, in that case where if you go and search for information, no one's talking about you. That's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> so in the world that I work in, Paul, um, it is sort of a SMB world. And I guess um, those that are trying to take it on themselves are, are finding that it's just, you know, it's just the landscape's too broad. And so they would bring on someone like me or a consultant to do stuff. And I'm just wondering whether you're coming across this oh, my goodness, there's an app for that or there's a resource for that where we can do this using this piece of software. And what I'm finding is there's just, you know, there's just a proliferation of so many different tools that to try and bring it back to just the strategy is a challenge because, you know, they might have used someone like, you know, 99 Designs or they might have used something um you know, like Fiverr or Elance, or there's just so many things that it sort of almost washed out the strategy. And I and I'm finding that even um, with other marketers that they can get so caught up in the number of tools that sometimes bringing it back is a difficult thing. Yeah, I think the patience level for the time it takes to build a good strategy is. Um, lessening. I, I think most marketers, like most consumers, just want what they want now. Yeah. And so they, you know, I don't know that people really appreciate a solid discovery and strategy process, you know, 30 days or more time period to really get in and learn about the company and the, the markets and the audiences. And it, it takes time to do that stuff well. So what we've been really focused on trying to do is um, I mean, like anything else, just understand that the market's not going to change, that, that marketers and executives, they, they want short-term success. They want to see the impact of efforts. And so what we're starting to do now is actually blend strategy with actions. So we'll look at a, a company and say, okay, we, we truly believe we need to go through this 30, 45-day discovery and strategy process. Mm -hmm. However, simultaneously, we already know that we need to run these two campaigns and we can get in and like, let's say it's someone that has um, a marketing automation system, but their lead nurturing emails aren't very good and they haven't really segmented their databases. Yeah. So while we're going through this standard tr strategy process, we can begin work on the lead nurturing emails, improving those, uh, doing some updated database segmentation so they can start to see success and deliverables very early in the relationship. Mm. And we can then buy ourselves some time to do the kind of um, research and planning that we know is important to the long-term success. Yeah, because it's what you know, they're sort of what they want and then what they need. And I always right. sort of, <laughs> I always say you've got to sort of fly the plane and build it at the same time, which is right. which is always a challenge. But some <sighs> of the great tools that you've got on your um, site, PR twenty twenty, is is the actual you know, audit or, or, or tool where you can go in and test almost, I guess, the maturity of your marketing team or approach, which is an awesome tool. And then, you know, with the book is that performance pack that, you know, gives you some great Excel sort of resources to sort of at least have a dashboard approach and then start to consider 
perhaps what makes sense for you. And I think they're both great tools. It doesn't matter if you're enterprise or an SMB, give you some really great sort of guidelines. Yeah. And, um, look, I for one say thank you, really appreciate it. Because <laughs> it, it well, that was, I mean, with the performance pack for sure, when we, when we did this book, I really wanted to be able to give some additional value uh, that made a lot of the teachings in the book tangible. Mm-hmm. And they were really just meant, like the book itself, to be a building block. It's, it may not be the template you end up using, but at minimum it gives you a frame of reference, another example, and then, you know, iterate on it and, and turn it into whatever you want to turn it into. But yeah, I mean, that was our goal with that. And then marketing score, the online assessment tool has been great. I mean, that's more than 1700 companies have used that to do assessments. So we've got some really interesting data on how companies analyze themselves and how strong their foundations are and how well aligned expectations and growth potential really are. And so, yeah, we, we love building tools and trying to improve processes. Mm, That's awesome. So internally, what platforms are you using? Are you still a HubSpot, um, you know, user or are you using multiple tools? Yeah, we HubSpot is the predominant tool. We use kind of that all in one suite that, I guess kind of gets lumped in with the marketing automation space, but like their tool is what we use to do email, social, blogging, content management system, uh, lead nurturing, landing page, all that stuff's kind of bundled in there. We do have some clients that use other systems like Marketo, um, Pardot, Eloqua. So we're familiar. Acton software is another one. Um, So we're familiar with those. And then we have a collection of other tools we use in like project management and time tracking and, um, we do use Google quite a bit, just Google uh, spreadsheets for like planning and scorecarding. Um, oh, so that nice. gives us real-time access to multiple team members. So, yeah, there's a lot of tools, and Google Analytics is a core one. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, like there's some that you just use to do the marketing, and then there's some to manage your marketing team. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and then there's, you know, almost um, – we almost need tools now for, you know, thought leadership and actually just I suppose it's almost a resource or knowledge management. You know, how are we going to keep on top of this? What podcasts do we need to be listening to? You know, do we need to have that on Audible? What? Who should we be following? Because it's a constant changing landscape, I guess. But certainly, yeah. certainly your book, I think, goes towards giving some fundamentals of almost just a solid base to build your skill set, the tech and the strategy from, which is which is awesome. So who are you following and listening to at the moment? Uh, I have, I mean, I have my, the standard people, like uh, I'm a you know, huge fan of Scott Brinker, who's got chiefmartech.com. Uh, that's the technology landscape I referenced earlier. Um, Jay Bear and Marcus, uh, Marcus Sheridan are, uh, you know, huge fans of theirs. Mark Schaefer. Um, just, I mean, there's just an ongoing collection of kind of the bloggers and influencers I follow um, yeah. and, you know, the authors. And then just from a topic standpoint, I don't know, you know, I, there's so much going on with the existing technology. And I, I feel like a lot of what we're struggling to grasp today is really just the, the basics of where we're going. I, I think the interest, the industry is going to get a little bit more complex before it gets easier but there's some technology coming down the line like an artificial intelligence and things like that that's gonna 
I think help marketers make a lot of sense of some of this stuff. It's just going to take a few years for it to really come to market. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm starting to kind of look ahead a little bit of where I think the industry is going while, you know, doing our best to maximize uh, our usage of what's already in the market today. But I, I just think we're going to keep taking leaps uh, forward as consumers. And I think the marketing industry is, is preparing to take a pretty significant leap forward in the next few years. Well, you're certainly a thought leader that I follow, and um, I really appreciate your book. I was just snapping it up as soon as it comes on, and I'll put some links to that and the other um, resources that you've mentioned today. So what's next? You're doing marketing profs pretty soon? Yeah, I've got uh, this fall. I mean, I've got a few things in the spring, but this fall we'll do the usual circuit of inbound and content marketing world. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to I'm going to do marketing profs B two B form in October. This uh, this month is the Mar- marketing profs University the online program. So I've got that going on. And uh, South by Southwest, I'm doing a talk at South by Southwest actually on artificial intelligence. Um, so that's the next big thing. And then when I get to April, I'm going to sit back and take stock of what's going on and figure out where to focus my energy. Sounds like you might need a break by then. <laughs> but, um, oh, thank you so much. It's awesome to talk to you. And, um, yeah, look forward to seeing more in your blog and, and on site and that sort of thing as, as you continue the year. All right. It was always good to talk with you as well. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Dan Mack is back. And this year, she has sought out the best customer-centric thought leaders from around the world. Are you after practical, accessible, and customer-centric marketing? You're in the right place. Sit back and enjoy Dan's small business podcast. For more information, go to www.daniellemckinnis.com or visit www.mckinnismarketing.com.au.